Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you're tuning in. We are Slava and Jonathan, bringing you the SideQuest Podcast, where we talk about character development, stories, and all things that are world-building. And we occasionally take side quests, because, frankly, that's how conversations work. Just as a reminder, this whole show is spoiler-heavy. So, sit back, tune in, and join us on this episode of SideQuest. He's like, it's growing on me. It's definitely growing on me. But he's not sold the way that I'm sold. He's not unsold like I'm He's unsold. unsold? I'm, <laughs> st- <laughs> I'm still unsold. That was All my right. joke. And you just took my joke. I, I'm sorry. All right. Good evening, gentlemen. Here we are. Hello. We got Spencer back in. You know what happened? Actually, I didn't tell you this, Spencer. So Matt came in to record last week sometime, and Mm -hmm. we were like 10 minutes in, and he's like, this is my podcast now. Thanks for starting it up, Jonathan. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh. something he would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. So, you know, I expect something a little more subtle, but, you know, at least the same from you. <laughs> well, how kind of Matt to let us use this podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks Matt if you're listening. <laughs> Appreciate you letting us take over your podcast. Oh, Darth Matt. How's your guys' weekend? Any highlights? No. No. Yeah, mine was <laughs> not, not really. much going on this weekend. It was actually Spencer, that's a lie. We both went to a wedding together. Okay, well, okay, I was thinking Saturday Sunday. So, but you're right. Friday we did <laughs> we were at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our friends that we don't care about because oh yeah they had a wedding <laughs> whatever but but it was Friday so it doesn't count right it's so. not technically the weekend <laughs> outside of the wedding it was fairly uneventful very nice yep there was uh, oh there was uh, some food trucks downtown on Sunday did you go yep went with uh, some people from my small group so oh nice had a, had a good time there was like forty different food trucks desserts obviously any sort of almost food you can imagine so. It's pretty good. I love it. Love a good dessert. I also just told Spencer before we jumped on here's lava. So I bought him a juice. Uh, I bought him one of his favorite juices. And then last time I got him cookies as well. This time I also got him a cookie that I ate. <laughs> <laughs> and where's this juice from? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Uh, it's just Bolthouse Farms. Yeah, yeah nothing. It's nothing not special. carrot juice like I got him last time because he was like, mm, didn't do it for me. Not his cup of tea. Not his Not. cup of juice. I tried a juice this morning that I got from the grocery store, and it was fizzy. I didn't. It was uncarbonated, though, according to the. Uh, I don't think truly our juice. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a eventful weekend, as we know. And they're not sponsoring us, so we don't use name brands. Well, we had to start somewhere. Speak. Speaking of starting somewhere, and then we can get into the the book here. I was talking with a buddy of mine and Spencer's, Josh, and he was telling me about this guy. That on his first episode ever, he was like, yeah, shout out to our sponsors. And he just picked his friend's business, even though his friend didn't agree to pay him anything. And then afterwards, he's like, hey, I talked about you on my podcast. You owe me five bucks. (laughs) 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 Excellent. And I was like, oh, maybe we should try and extort people, too. Well, I'm drinking a refreshing Wegmans iced tea. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Slav's going to start taking people to small claims court. We talked about you on the <laughs> podcast. You owe us five hundred dollars, and the thing is, they won't show up because it's too small of money. Yep. 
I've got all the legal ideas. Don't at me in the comments. Anyway, Slava, give us a quick rundown, and by us I mean Spencer, because I was here for the first two episodes, about your thoughts on Unsold and the world and Will White and his writing style and all the all the quick things to get Spencer up to speed. I was not sold in the book at first, but I didn't hate it. The writing was fine. I've never read anime in book form. I don't think I've even read manga, apart from the, the manga that I like, which is like Death Note and a little bit more adult-themed death and horror and stuff. I've watched Dragon Ball Z, not extensively, but enough to understand the pace of it. So reading the book, I was like, all right, this is not a fast-paced book. I'm okay with that. And it wasn't until, just like you said before we started recording, when Serial came in, I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Where I really got into it was when he was covering, Lyndon was covering himself in dirt and tricking the the driver of the carriage from Heaven's Gate to get him up those stairs quickly. When that happened, oh, now this is interesting. From that moment, I breezed through the book. I really enjoyed it. And as far as the world goes, well, sort of supposed to be Asia or Asian or Japanese somewhere. It kind of has elements of that. I like Will White's style. I think he's a, a good writer, but it took me a while to get into the story itself. And Lyndon annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> this one was annoyed with Lyndon. <laughs> but that's kind of, you know, a given, right? Yes. What I'm, from what I'm told, even Lyndon's annoyed with Lyndon when you get to the, the you know, book like seven or something. That's true. I, I wasn't <laughs> going to tell Spencer that because it's a fun joke to stumble upon. But yes, there is there is a point when Lyndon comes across him, not like himself, but like someone who's overly polite like himself. And it like literally has two or three sentences where it's like, and Lyndon was utterly embarrassed about everything that he's ever said or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's how it's been for, uh, you know, those of us who are like, need to be that polite yeah. <laughs> right so there is character growth coming well that's good to know yeah yeah but that's it for my recap i am now interested in reading book two and three i think that's all we're doing for a while for this podcast we might pick up five through 12 as time progresses and we'll skip four because slava doesn't know how to count so we're just gonna skip it completely <laughs> <laughs> just gonna that's kind of minor it's, it's okay because yeah. i don't love book four it's not bad yeah. it just like doesn't have as many kapows as the other books do, I'm okay with it. We should still read it, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be sad if we skipped it. Well, I'm looking forward to book two because when Yurin was introduced, I liked her as a character. I like a good revenge story, so I'm already sold on that. I want to see who else she wants to get revenge on. <laughs> so <laughs> she's got a list. She's got a list. Spencer, I know we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but. Can you give us a quick rundown of what your thoughts were when you first read it? Because this is a new series to you, and you started reading it because of me, and you were kind of like, meh, I mean, it's okay. And then you like ended the book, and you were like, okay, now I have other questions. Yeah, so, yep, Jonathan, you recommended this to me, and you couldn't stop talking about it. And Accurate. like over the past year or so, I think you've recommended it to me like three times. So I finally relented and, and started uh, listening to book one. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The four greatest words um, in the English language. You wore me down. <laughs> you wore me down. Well, this this seems like par for the course, because you were cajoled into joining the podcast, and you were cajoled into <laughs> yes. reading this book about the insult. 
Yeah, so so here, we, yeah, who knows what else Jonathan's gonna cajole me into? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. Um, put it so thing. far, it's been all good things. So I guess I can't complain. But yeah, so I I wasn't I wasn't sold on the book uh, <laughs> originally. Grown. <laughs> I'll groan for the audience. Stealing someone else's joke there. Yeah, I got about halfway halfway through the book. I mean, it was interesting, but I feel like it wasn't anything exciting or that I hadn't like read before then all of a sudden about halfway through was it serial showed up and i was like okay this is definitely adding a new element in that i was not expecting or didn't see coming so i definitely wanted to know more about her and where she comes from and who she is and like who who she's fighting and what her purpose is after that i was pretty hooked it was cool to see linden you know he's kind of uh always an underdog um Always. And without fail. <laughs> without fail, yes. Or actually, sorry, with fail. He's he's the underdog and he fails. He does regularly. Fail. <laughs> but those failures, instead of getting defeated by them, he learns from them and he pushes through. Like he gets motivated by his failures to to find to push through to the next stage or whatever that might be. He's always looking for an edge, he's always looking for um something that will yeah, move him to whatever goal he has next. So it, that's that's cool to see. Yeah, the point where I was hooked was, uh, and then yeah, at the end, of course, meeting Yaren, and of course he was told about Yaren by Serial, even though he didn't really know who she was at the moment. Um, so, right. but it was just cool to see, and then like yeah, beginning essentially their journey is just beginning after the end of book one. So definitely was hooked after after book one. Do you so far now? You have read books one, two, and three. Are there any characters that you feel drawn to, similar to the conversation we had about the Way of Kings, where you're like, oh, I really feel drawn to this character, this character, and then do any of them annoy you? I know that we've kind of already discussed Lyndon, so if that's (laughs) the case, then so be it, but just curious about that, and then Slava, you as well. I already know your answer, (laughs) but I, I, I want you to share because Spencer missed the first two episodes because we haven't released them yet. Yeah, I guess I can go. I don't know if there's one a character that I feel really drawn to overall. I mean, obviously Lyndon is the main character, but I don't really feel like I resonate with him on too on too many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do like his his drive, his his passion for overcoming his his limits. Uh, it's really cool to see. This might just be, be because he's the main character, but I do like Lyndon overall. I think he's probably so far my favorite. I suppose he can get a little annoying with the, this one all the time, but um, yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Even as but, much as I love the series, he he's yeah. like, all right, come on, man. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie; I don't remember a whole lot from from book two Soup outside Smith. of. I autocorrected in a text with Slava at one point. He was supposed to say Soulsmith, <laughs> but it autocorrected okay. to Soup Smith. <laughs> And it was perfect okay, because so, I called Will yeah. White Will Smith, so. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> the soup smith. Um, I do like, I think we meet her in, in book two, Fisher Gesha. Yep. She's she's kind of a fun character, and I think she's with them in book three. But yeah, she she's interesting. I'm not really sure. I don't feel like I still don't really know a lot about her or if she's even relevant to the story going forward. Um, but I just like her kind of sort of sassy, like old lady kind of <laughs> persona. <laughs> um, just the way she interacts with Lyndon and, and some of the other uh, leaders of the other clans that, that we meet. She comes back from time to time. She's not a main character, but she's a, a, like a character that will come back into the story here and there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I don't. Yeah, there's not one character that really that I feel like I resonate with yet. Mm-hmm. I do like I like the characters, but I don't feel like I resonate with them yet. That's fair. How about you, Slava? So, mm-hmm. Makes sense. You big fan of Lyndon's parents? I like. <laughs> no, okay. Well, are we starting with uh, who we hate? Because <laughs> who I hate, the characters that I don't like. You should. Is the Way Clan. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you dislike them, Slava? Bags. Let's just let's just start there. <laughs> They don't, they they mean well, maybe. They don't mean well. Yeah, this is not my Western bias against <laughs> Eastern honor culture, because I, I've come from an Eastern culture too, and it's way different than the Eastern culture that this seeks to describe or where White gets his uh, influence from. But I don't hate or have any sort of bias against those kind of cultures. So... The Way Clan just seems like it's amped up with a bunch of just horrible people, you yes. know, running running the yeah. So it's a, it's an honor culture society with a bunch of dirtbags running it. The <laughs> thing they do is selfish, right? All, all, so everything that they do, literally yeah, everybody, everything that they do, except for Kelsa. Yeah. Kelsa Who's seems reasonable, sister, right? Yeah, it's the sister. The sister, okay. I hate the Way Clan. The people suck. Lyndon's pretty cool despite being annoying. I think, you know, he's the hero. So just like Kaladin, he's the hero. So it's easy to like him. You're supposed to, right? That's you, that's who kind of drives the I story. I hope so, yeah. That, and that's not a cop-out, I don't think. I, well, I I believe wholeheartedly it's not. Yaren I like a lot. I don't know if I'm drawn to her yet. You said, Jonathan, that she would be somebody I would... Given my uh, your literature tastes, I would be drawn to her. Not yet, but I like her. Well, because I like a good revenge story. First of all, so right away where you when you meet Yaren and she's, you know, has her lists, checking it twice and making sure that the heaven's <laughs> gates feels her fury. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I really don't like Lyndon's parents. That's for sure. No, and they're I was trying to think somebody else. They're awful. There was somebody else. Mostly his dad. Mostly his dad. There was somebody else. One of the one of the elders, not the white fox, not the little man boy. <laughs> there was one, there was one one elder or one the elder oh, of his clan, his cousin's dad. Oh his yeah, cousin's yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah. Oh, dude, that that guy. I was seething as I was listening to the, the book. <laughs> I didn't like him at all. No, they're all they're all horrible. I will tell you that your revenge story comes to a, a fruition, book eight or something like that. So okay, you you do get your revenge. It just takes a while to get back to Sacred Valley. The characters that I thoroughly enjoy, I do this thing with characters, and maybe it's just me. But if you guys have experiences in other books that you've had this happen, feel free to let me know. Is I feel like each of the characters. Each of the main characters, so Lyndon and Yaren and Ethan, who you'll meet in book three, Orthos, which Spencer and I just talked about, who you meet in book three. There's another guy named Zeal that I feel similar to also. But like, each one of them has things about them and their personalities, and I'm like, ugh, yes. And it's not that I'm that person currently, it's that I've been that person. Like, Lyndon's a late bloomer, right? That's just a really easy label for him. Late bloomer, thought he was worthless, born with a deformity, and I've talked about this before, but it's like his need to achieve because he doesn't have anything else also resonates with kind of like present Jonathan, but like being 
born in a downcast era. Now, granted, my parents are not assholes, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had that. Did going anyone hold me. sustenance from you? <laughs> <laughs> you can't have any you know. of our food. We just expect yeah. that you're not going to make it. So, yeah. <laughs> woof. But no, being too overly polite to all the people, and it's like some people don't be, some people don't deserve you being polite to them anymore. They've not earned it. Like they've been rude, whatever. And then I've had a, like a season where I felt like Yaren, where I was just like, everything that came out of my mouth was just sarcasm and snippiness. And I still have some of that, but it's been tempered. And now I, I more so feel like Orthos and Ethan. Slava hasn't met either of them, but but uh, Spencer texted me today. He's like, I get why you like Ethan. Ethan has <laughs> like, a, it's, it's easier to ask for permission. Sorry, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. And he just does... He just does what he believes to be need to be done. So, but he's also jovial. He's just absolutely jovial, mm-hmm. uh, even yeah. when other people are not being. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's each of the characters. It's like each of the characters in different parts of their lives to me partly make up who I am as a person. Which is probably why I love this book so much, this series, because it's like, oh man, there's so many characters. Even the Way of Kings and, and Stormlight Archives, it's like, man, I've been Kaladin. I've been depressed. I've been mm-hmm. there. Shalon, it's like, well, who am I going to be? I don't know who I'm going to be. Like, As much as I find it annoying, I think it's because I had a season where, or a few seasons when you're like teenager and you're like, I don't know the answer to any question. And right. then I've been Yasnav, like for theology, where it's like, no, I have all the answers. And it's like, you don't, you don't have any of the answers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> less about Yasna yeah. and more about me, because Yasna actually did have the answers. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's interesting. As you were talking, Jonathan, because I think I was the opposite. When I was a kid, we we briefly touched upon this in other episodes. I wasn't born into the most loving and nurturing family environment. And my response, like there's fight or flight. Mine was, you know, the year in response. Whose head do I have to lop off? And as I stressed in the other episode, I'm not making myself to be a tough guy. But my response was sarcasm and pretty much an FU attitude. A pox in all your houses, I don't care. (laughs) And slowly, as I've grown up, I've learned to channel that more appropriately. And And when I'm channeling that, it's not necessarily a you know a katan swinging head lopping kind of thing i'll be blunt i'll be direct and i'll tell you to go you know screw yourself maybe or say that more politely but it won't be it's not gonna be more polite but it's not gonna be so um emphatic right or vitriolic when sometimes how i got when i was a kid if uh and that was all a defense mechanism too, and me, you know, processing trauma and other other stuff. But what was I saying? Because I was I was you, dovetailing what you were saying. Oh yeah, opposite. identifying with the opposite yep. of you know of what you uh, identify with in part with the characters. Mm-hmm. But I've, and I find that fascinating since I think I've always known this because I I was a voracious reader when I was a kid. Now I'm a voracious reader again because I have to be just to read all the books that we are covering for the podcast. And I kind of forgot how you You'll can identify 
<laughs> one day. <laughs> one day. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How you can identify with a character, right? Because you, you see yourself uh, in them. Or if an author does a good job and humanizes the character, mm, right? The same thing mm-hmm. we're talking about, how Sanderson humanizes women when he writes. Yeah. Like, because he writes people well. So when he writes a, a female character, you're like, oh, wow, that's not a two-dimensional you know, femme fatale or just a you know, shrinking violet. So I think Will White does a decent job with his characters too. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why mm-hmm. people can go like, oh, wow, I have felt that way. I felt marginalized. I felt on the outskirts of you know, the family, society, whatever. And this was, I mentioned, after we started recording, or no, after we finished recording of the last episode, this is for, for Spencer. Like, I, when you watch Akira, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that uh, anime. I have not. But there's a character in it called Tetsuo, and he's the one that gets uh, infected, for lack of a better term, with Akira. He's the one who turns into the monster in the end. But he... Is so immature. He's, he's he's a little asshole, but I can identify with him, even in his immaturity, of how he feels in this gang that he's part of. How he feels marginalized and belittled because he feels that hey, I'm just around because I'm the runt, and they're just you know doing me a favor, right, by keeping me around. Mm. And I felt that way, and in the situations you know that I felt that way. Now, I'm thinking about a few particular situations. I would say 95% of the time I was right. Uh, But again, that doesn't excuse the other 5% where I either lashed out or, you know, just had a uh, pity party for myself. That doesn't excuse that. But I can understand why Tetsuo is going through what he's going through, you know, in in, in Akira. Or Akira, if you want to, whatever. The American pronunciation. You're so much better than us. No, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I know some some asshole in the comments is going to be like, you know, either you didn't pronounce it right, or why are why are you appropriating? In Japanese, we actually say, yeah. Yeah. So there are going to be two assholes: one who say I didn't pronounce it right and didn't do justice to the Japanese people, and the other white asshole is going to be like, well, you're appropriating Japanese culture. There's going to be two white guys. And this is why I disagreed with Slava earlier when he's like, I'd say it more polite. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. You definitely wouldn't. <laughs> Slava's known for his crass behavior. And, and um, you know, you, c- you can even find him by the water cool and making coarse jokes sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, short-lived, but sometimes. <laughs> but I've come, I've come a long way, Spencer. Um, That's true. I've... Uh, I've uh, at least for as long as by I've known God's you. grace, thank God for that, because yeah. I, I was a son of a bitch. That's for sure. <laughs> weren't we all in our own ways? Whether you're a yeah. victim or you're the the prideful one, or you know, we we all need some growth here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, any, I would, any, yeah yeah. I was just gonna say, Spencer. It looked like you wanted to say something earlier. Oh, I don't know if I resonate with uh, Lyndon on on the whole, but there the one part I think that I I think I can get. Uh, behind is you know his over politeness i don't know if i was ever over polite but i would always make myself like you know oh sorry for my presence bugging you i always felt like that <laughs> um sorry i exist. growing up and <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry yeah sorry that my existence is bothering you uh i'll, I'll, I'll do better um <laughs> apologies 
This yeah, was a re- a pu- this one regrets being born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This one. <laughs> This one is sorry for trying to ask a question and then getting shot down. So uh, anyway, but uh, but yeah, so that's I feel like for whatever reason, I resonate with Lyndon and in, in, in that regard, I don't really feel like I have like the drive or the motivation that Lyndon does to overcome his obstacles. I've always been one that just kind of sort of kind of floats through life, lets it happen to me, whereas Lyndon, he's really making life the way he he wants it to happen and I mean, as much as it is, uh, as it is within his power to do so. But yeah, but I, but I've definitely been like the over polite person, and then I interact with those kinds of people, and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> this one is annoyed with himself now for <laughs> being over polite. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna beat a dead horse. The the growth thing, and and Spencer and I have known each other for like. About a year and a half now, give or take. Um, yeah, right about that. Yeah, but the growth mentality that I have adopted in the last, well, the whole time since you've known me, but it's not always been that way. And Slava can attest to this. I I used to be a person who just kind of like ebbed and flowed with the way things went. I think, and maybe Slava, you can speak to this a little more because it's an outside perspective, but like I, Slava also knows my brother. And I was just the the brother who was basically the hippie of the group. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Slava, but <laughs> I would just like let life happen That's to me fair. and I would just kind of yeah. saunter Very free around. spirit. Yeah, saunter around chasing the wind and people are like, where's Jonathan now? Like, he flew with a one-way ticket to Arizona for the weekend? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely get yeah. the... Um, letting life happen to you or just kind of like ebbing and flowing. Um, but man, there's a different appetite and it's, it's later in the books referred to as hunger Madra, which you'll learn about, but this drive for growth, I don't think drive for growth is possible as humans without something on the horizon. And for Lyndon, it's, Hey, you got a vision of fate and your whole world is going to be destroyed. So, you know, do something about it or die. Your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, I don't think I ever let things happen to me. Maybe I did. I just don't remember or don't don't recognize it. And I say that because I've always felt I'm responding to something. When I was a kid, I was constantly responding to some sort of insanity that was happening in my family. Then high school took me away from that insanity, at least you know partly. And high school was fine for me. I didn't have none of the stereotypical high school experiences. I was, uh, it was a big high school. I had like a core group of friends and that was it. We just hung out, did high school kid stuff, went to class. But because of the other stuff that was happening, I was still in survival mode. So I never did anything that a normal, well-adjusted well-guided kid would do in high school, like take his classes seriously or anything else that would get you ahead in life. And then come graduation, well, now I got to find like regular work because I've always worked since I was 14. And after graduation, I got a job at a couple of pizza shops and eventually I ran one of them. And then I was a head driver, another one. And then I was like, all right, well, I can't continue this way. And I need to take myself out even further from this insanity. And then it was survival mode for that. 
leaving my mom's house and moving to the, you know, moving in with another family member. All that culminated in a little bit of a reprieve. And then the, like maybe five more or four things kind of life changes happened. It wasn't until, I don't know, early 30s when things kind of calmed down. And then there was in 2014, which I, when I was 34, it ramped up again for like a year and a half. It was just complete insanity in my life. And now I'm 42. I'm well established in my career. And in between all that insanity, I, I was actually responding to life and surviving and working and making strides and making steps. And like we talked about seminary, I was in this eight years of seminary. I had plans for my life. I kind of knew what I wanted to do. But in, when you pull back and you look at my life, if I look at my life at about 30,000 foot view, it seems the nothing but nuclear explosions to which I was reacting to. And some of them weren't anything bad. Like it wasn't like the end of the world. Some of it was. Some of it was pretty evil. Other things were just normal life stuff. The culmination of all that seems just like a nonstop response to things. So I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I think <laughs> it stinted me in a little bit in a way too. Because it wasn't until I was 27 when I took my career, my life, my faith seriously. Well, 25 when that that journey began, kind of uh, blossomed, I guess, into what would be who I am today, or I blossom, but when a seed begins to grow. I mean, blossom works. Ger- I mean, bl- um, germinate. You know, germinated. Yeah. Germinate. Germinate. Yeah, it began to germinate like around 27. And then, you know, I was married around that time. I started uh, going to seminary, and things kind of evolved but non-stop response things and but that's just like linden like his whole life is survival like when he, yeah. he he leaves home there's no safety nets that's it if he dies his family already thinks he's dead so whatever like no one cares about him no one yeah uh, so like when you're trapped in a survival mode and psychologists write about this all the time until you can find a place where you're not constantly just trying to survive you're trapped in a, in in a repeating cycle and it's all you know, and you have to relearn um, to calm down your, I think it's limbic system, so that it's like, hey, you don't have to survive right now. You can just, like, be. But it seems super abnormal to you because all you've known is survival. So. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer, did you have any thoughts on that? Or if not, I got another question for us. I had a thought earlier, and now it's gone. Yeah. Use Sorry. a ruler. If it comes back, just interrupt us. Use a ruler technique yeah. and just pull it out. Striker technique. <laughs> so, sorry, I just I didn't the funny inside joke. I know. Yeah. N- uh, no, it's I, just, it's the not, book. Not gonna yeah. lie, Jonathan. I'm it's not inside sure joke you between Jonathan and Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Oh man, that's my whole life, guys. Um, that's why I resonate with. Oh, Nathan. that's what it was. Anyway, uh, late bloomer. That's what it was. Linden is kind of a late bloomer. I think someone said that earlier. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was Jonathan. Um, yeah, was I, I feel like that. Himself. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that myself. Um, you know, I'm 30 and I still feel like yeah. there are things that I haven't experienced where normal, I don't know if normal people is the right word, but like most people will experience like in high school or early 20s. So yeah, yeah just, and that's just because of the culture that I grew up in was very strict religious right. culture. So I feel mm-hmm. like uh, my, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, my 20s was just a lot of me growing up. I feel like Maybe when I some of that stuff I feel like I should have grown up when I was uh, in high school, but um, yeah, just life experience and yeah. just learning how the world works and and all of that was that was just 
my 20s figuring out everything out and I'm definitely a, a late bloomer. So I feel like, you know, you know, Lyndon struggling to feel normal maybe when everyone else, like when he's behind everybody else that I feel like I maybe resonated with that too. So that, that, that's my thought, Jonathan. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I think that was the point of my little excursion. I'm definitely a late bloomer. Like I said, mm-hmm. it was 25 when I really started to take stock of my life and go like, well, this needs to change. I can't live like this. Yeah. You know, some, some yep. of it was a moral thing. Some of it was just dumb, lazy kid who hasn't grown up yet mm. for whatever reason, whether it's my own doing or something that, you know, a situation that was foisted upon me where I had no choice but to kind of be shackled to this sort of road. And then at some point you have to unshackle because you're a grown ass adult. <laughs> and so that happened to me. That happened to me when I was 25. If you can get thrown in prison for life for doing something wrong, maybe it's time to grow up. And make sure you learn all the laws that you need to not commit or not commit to breaking to make sure you, that doesn't happen to you. Like uh, tax evasion, you know. <laughs> you get in that. <laughs> oh, that the world doesn't prepare you to be a human. I want to take a, a hard left here and talk about Will White and his authorship and talk about the writing style here. So to me, and I, I haven't actually looked this up, but based on the reading of it, it feels written like a movie, and I really like that, which is why, to me, it's it, it almost kind of feels like Sanderson's writing, where you can jump around perspectives, but you're still getting the perspective. It's like third-person limited with first-person snippets, is how it feels to me. What do you guys think? Hmm. Um, I haven't thought about it until you mentioned it. I don't know. Spence, why don't you help me out? You, you answer, and I'll think about mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to phone a friend. Spence is also just going to... Uh, yeah, phoning a friend here. You're going to falter through my explanation here. Yeah, I think that makes a little bit of sense, Jonathan, where whenever you see someone else's point of view, Lyndon is always still around. Like, you're still experiencing his story, um, but maybe through the eyes of somebody else. So I don't know what that perspective is called. I mean, so you do, in book two, you get a character named Jai Long. You do get his point of view when Lyndon is not in the story. So you do have a a second story arc, maybe, going on. Because those characters are, mm, I don't know if this is spoiling anything, but fated to meet. So you kind of are getting Jai Long's arc as well as Lyndon's. Uh, just not Just not as much of Jai Long. But that's book two. Book one is pretty much all Lyndon, I think. Yeah, I, I think I was talking about just his writing in general, and because you've read three books so far, well, two and a half, Spencer, I was kind of, I guess this is not a great question now that you've you've pointed out, it's like, cause I, I just, <laughs> this is on me, I ransacked his 11 books um, <laughs> in three weeks, so <laughs> I guess I'm just, I'm not asking a question, I'm just like making a comment, me. I guess. <laughs> like every other day he was texting me, oh, I'm on... Book four, book five, book six, and I'm still on <laughs> book three, chapter three, so. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll still do my due diligence. I have a hard time disagreeing with you, Jonathan, with everything you just said, third person limited and like a movie. I, I don't see any problem with that statement, I think. So, yes, but I'm not sure. If I was to agree with you, I'm not sure what 
words I would use to be like, yes, Jonathan, and here's why I agree. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I'm like, but that makes sense. I'm thinking about it after the fact that the question isn't good for book one because book one is literally just all about Lyndon and you don't really get other people's perspectives. And so that's on me for asking a stupid question because I <laughs> love the series enough to binge 11 books in three weeks. So that's a, that's a me problem. So I went on my own side quest that I wanted to invite you guys along for. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us along. Yeah. Thought I could put a little bit of input there, even though it wasn't really what you were looking for. Uh, I've, I was. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I was telling Jonathan earlier, Slava, that I feel like it's written almost like like a video game, but put into book form because your your character starts off at level zero essentially, and then he's like trying to find ways to level up. And I think that'll maybe make more yeah. sense the further into book two and three you get. But you okay. just have this character that's starting off at level zero and he's trying to figure out how to level up. And there's you know bosses along the way that he has to, to defeat. And that's just kind of my perspective on it. Yeah. No, that makes sense, too. Because you, you can imagine that there's like cutscenes, right? So mm-hmm. you get an introduction with him. Then he has to go fight a remnant. He fights with his cousin. All that could be action or fight scenes in the in the video game, and then another another cut scene of him, you know, recovering. Because mm-hmm. I've seen video games like that where they really are, are a slow burn, if if you will. So yeah. a video game movie, I can agree with that. The the point that I was trying trying to make uh, to myself a minute ago, and I'll just finish it to also to myself and the audience. If you've read the books. What <laughs> was that the writing seems seamless even though it jumps around perspective self like a movie self five all right th- th- thanks for letting us sit in on that conversation between <laughs> you and yourself jonathan <laughs> okay. so this this was a this was a third person l- limited we watched Jonathan's <laughs> Jonathan's you side quest experience. <laughs> <laughs> this one is this one is grateful for <laughs> allowing us to sit in yeah, gratitude. Thank you. <laughs> oh sweet God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone help me. <laughs> Anybody? So, <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll I'll say something. Maybe you guys can uh, can uh, dovetail my point. One of the things I found fascinating, a part I enjoyed when I was listening to it, I was like, ah, oh, this is really cool, is when Yuren and Lyndon are fighting Heaven's Gates or whatever the hell they're called. They're fighting the disciples, and then the Elder Man Baby is fighting <laughs> Lyndon and just how Lyndon, even as an unsold, has this rush of, call it energy, call it courage. First of all, he beats to death that guy who wanted to like <laughs> hurt him. So that was kind of fun. And then he fights Elder Man Baby, and it's just, I don't know, it's fast-paced, right? It's written like a movie, just to, to use your point. And I was really into that that whole scene. What do you guys? What did you guys think of that scene? Yeah, it was good. I... Again, it was one of those scenes where, you know, Lyndon, it feels like the odds are stacked against him, and yet he still finds a way to to overcome. Um, 
Yeah, Elder Man Baby. Yeah, that guy <laughs> definitely. I can't remember <laughs> his name. <laughs> no, no, no. I think either. it's fine. I think that's a great way to describe him because yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, guy definitely had uh, some issues uh, well, in his own life. Dude, <laughs> uh, there's this throwaway line. I was like, okay. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, so I wasn't. You know, my okay wasn't in the line. He did whatever he did to stay like an eight year old, and then he realized there's girls out there. And he's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I was like, okay, buddy. But he goes, like, no, I want my manga or my power, not manga. Oh, goodness. My madra. I want my madra. So forget the girls. I'm like, all right. Yeah. You're, you're a weirdo. <laughs> not that I'm advocating for it to give away power just because you want to, you know, I don't know, hold a girl's hand, but just weird flex. You know, I have so <laughs> many comments so, and none of them. Maybe be patient. I, I, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. go with that. Just you know, be be an be a twenty year old forever or something. Man. Anyway, Jonathan, you're yeah. inappropriate uh, comments. You just say them <coughs> now, and we'll no, boot no, them out. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I loved how the Heaven's Glory School has like this. It's not an archive, but like a treasure vault of goods. Yeah. And Will had an answer for each one of them. And he just like went down. He rattled off a list of like magic items, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this one does this, and this one does this." And they all have names. And I was just like, "How long did you sit there and think about that stuff?" They're all good names too. They're they're not they're like not blatantly obvious, but they're obvious enough. You know? Yeah. I love a good magic item. I really do. Yep. Nope. All right. Good. Agreed. No, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, I'm just talking to myself here, I guess. Did yeah, you guys... Th- um, this one is sorry for not having more input on that. Uh, okay, so, does... Oh, Spence, does the um, does the physical copy of the book have a bonus chapter or bloopers at the end? You know, I don't know. Let me, let me consult yes. real quick. Yeah, the Kindle version has bloopers. Because I got the Kindle version, too. Because it was cheaper than... You know, the Audible credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like $3 Kindle book, $3 Audible narration, because they do bundle stuff like that. Yeah, so there is uh, there is bloopers at the end. I didn't even know this uh, was a thing. What? Really? So were we selling the bloopers? That's like one of the... Yeah. Oh, I'd, man. You're I didn't in even, for a treat. It wasn't, you're in for such a treat. <laughs> it wasn't in the Audible version. Why yeah, it was. Why wasn't that included in... It was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's I after might've... the bonus chapter. Oh, that's probably why I didn't hear it because I skipped the bonus chapter because I was just going to buy the next audible oh, credit. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I was just going to listen to yeah. chapter one in the next book. So that's right. probably why I didn't see it. Right. But but no, there's bloopers um, at well, the I... end of I think each of the books. I can't remember one that doesn't oh. have it. But the bloopers are funny because he'll go back to a scene that took place and he'll change the outcome as if these characters are actors. It's the funniest thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me let me read one. The first one is here. Here, your faith is an absolute certainty, Serial said. If you tried one million times to go to the Nine Cloud Court from where you are at at this moment, you would die before you reached them one million times. What if I was the hero of a fantasy novel, Lyndon asked. Well, yes, obviously, if you were the protagonist of some kind of story, the situation would be... <laughs> serial stopped mid sentence and her eyes and her eyes narrowed. Why do you ask? Lyndon coughed. 
no reason. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> no, man, there's, yeah, like, just glance over the bloopers at the end there, Spencer, real quick, and find one that you like and just read it to us, because this is one of the, like, this is one of the things that Will White does for himself, I think, but then we all get to participate, because there are characters that we meet later that have really serious moments, and then at the end, it's bloopers. It's like, that's that's another reason why this feels like a movie, where it's like, what author has ever like written bloopers into their story because it ru- it like ruins the story, ruins the seriousness? And he's like, "No, we're here to have fun. We're here to have fun." Yeah, All right, I think I found one. H- hesitantly, Lyndon raised his head to face Elder Whisper. Pardon this one's ignorance, but does the path not end with gold? Elder Whisper barked a laugh. Gold? Are you serious? You think gold is the maximum? Well, yes. Everyone here. What an idiot. <laughs> Duh. Hey, everybody. Look at me. Gold is the strongest you can get. That's you. That's what you sound like. Now get out of my tower, you moron. <laughs> Elder Whisper spat in his face. This, so uh, this one is kind of funny, too. Before he could finish the sentence, he was sucked away into an infinite void like water running down a drain. The woman from the heavens did not look at him, but kept her eyes on Linden. As her blue fire wings vanished, she spoke. Stand, do not be afraid. (laughs) Lyndon struggled to escape the terrifying stranger, but his body was still fully under his control, so he could only scream. The woman from the heavens looked taken aback. She made a soothing gesture with one hand. Peace, I mean you know. Lyndon kept screaming. I only want to. Don't hurt me. What is your... (laughs) With a sigh, Cyril erased his memory. That makes the 294th <laughs> time that this has happened, her presence reported. I have compiled a list of possible possible causes. First possibility, your face. Serial <laughs> <laughs> muted her presence and left. <laughs> you guys, this is, this is, I'm so happy that you just found this. I didn't know that you hadn't. Um, I didn't know I those just, existed. Uh, this is in every book. You should look at your other books when you get home. <laughs> I will oh. definitely do that. Maybe don't look at the end of book three yet, but it's well. I yeah, I'll wait. Yeah, for that one. Oh man, there's so, you guys. It's so much fun. This is this is just one more element of why it feels like a movie to me because he's got these characters and they're redoing the scenes, and they're <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of. Do you ever watch Pixar? Used to do that on yeah. some of their movies, like Toy Story and. Uh, whatever, there's a bunch of them. But it was like the characters would be acting out the scenes, and then at the end, you see the bloopers of them <laughs> yeah. uh, redoing them. So that's, that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah. All right. One more, because this one's good, too. It's, it's my type of humor. And then we'll, we'll stop this insanity train. <laughs> Whitehall's face twisted in disgust as he looked at Lyndon. Trash. He gestured as though to toss the stolen dagger to the floor but then stopped himself. You know, I was going to overload your core with my modger to destroy your spirit from the inside out, but I'm holding this knife. I think I'll just stab you. <laughs> Lyndon already cycling the a heart of twin stars froze. Are you sure you don't want to teach me a lesson about your superiority? Hmm. <laughs> it's tempting, but no. I think I'll just stab you. <laughs> Elder Whitehall stabbed him. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> That's a, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he, that, that's not the typical villain move, right? You just gotta, because they got a monologue every time before right. they actually kill you. So that's what always gives the hero the chance to, to make their move. That was clever. Man. I like it. I, I can't tell you how satisfying it is when Lyndon comes back to the Sacred Valley and just, like, these, it, it, you remember the, the attitudes they have in book one here, and you're just like, all of you deserve whatever you get. And it's just beautiful. It's just a really great time for the reader. Yeah, I think I can even see that from from book two and three. I don't want to give away too much, I guess. But, like, Sacred Valley is so backwards compared to the rest of the world. And it's like you you see that more and more as the books go on, or at least as far as what I've seen. Yeah, and experienced, and you're like, wow, okay, Sacred Valley. They didn't really, <laughs> they weren't even close to understanding mm-hmm. all that everything that is out there in levels of I don't I don't I forget what they're called advancement. Yeah, copper to to iron to gold or whatever, or jade and then gold. But yeah, it was like Sacred Valley didn't know that anything beyond was it jade exists or gold. They knew of gold, but no one in the Sacred Valley was gold. Yep, and, and so it was just like it's very very. Um, primitive i think serial mentions they're like a bunch of hillbillies yeah and then even some of the characters i think in maybe it's athan even says the same thing uh later in book three that sacred valley was very primitive culture compared to the rest of the world so yeah it just kind of makes sense at least his linden's parents and a lot of people in his clan are idiots (laughs) (laughs) that's a good description backward i think like infantile in their thinking Mm. Then it goes back to what I was trying to say, or did say, in the beginning, where this is not me ranting against an honor culture society. It's just this particular type and how it is lived out, it's backward. That is a very good, uh, very appropriate term for it. It is. Making another comment on Will White's writing is something that you you mentioned about the world being bigger, Spencer, because you've read book two and half of book three now. Will White builds the world to me the way that Tolkien did, where he'd like be you're going along your main story. He'll mention two or three sentences about a mountain over there that's owned by the Wraith King of Angmar, and then you just go back to your story and you're like, but wait, I want to go back, turn around, I want to know more about mm-hmm. that, and he just got keeps going, and you're like, and but it's these little snippets. It's like snippet world building where you're like, wow, this feels like a real world that it's it's a different type of world building than Sanderson does because Sanderson focuses on like, okay, the gravity of the planet is 1.6 times and <laughs> it's rotating at a speed of 3,000 miles per hour Earth digits and the uh, Lethe call it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's got three planets in its solar system, which is like, okay, this is, you know, a very different world building style than, than Will White who does snippet. I'm just coining a term right now, snippet world building. Mm-hmm. I like that term for it. Because you don't feel like you need to pause and get an encyclopedia either. You're like, you're never pulled out of the story. You're just given these video game pop-ups of like, hey, mm-hmm. didn't you hear that there were rats in the sewers? Do you want to go help the people with the rats in the sewers problem? Denied. <laughs> Report complete. <laughs> Access denied. That just goes to the talent of these authors and it's a gift and it's also something that you have to exercise like any muscle and i think these guys do it well because what we read what 
Sanderson. We read Will White. We read Path of Destruction. Yep. Different genres. They're very different genres, especially fantasy and sci-fi. But two of them are kind of similar, maybe in some in some ways, because of the pace and how characters are built. That's not a genre issue, really. Yeah. But each author, there's three of them. That for us, for me and Jonathan, is three of them. It, they are able to whether it's a slow slow world building, snippet world building, you're able to be pulled in to the world quickly. And I like we talked about identify with a character, not identify the character, love a character, hate a character. They're able to elicit these responses, which even if you're hating a character, you're obviously interested in the story. That that's a good thing that you hate the bad guy, right? Or that you hate the sniveler, or that you really enjoy the princess, and you really are rooting for the prince. I'm just pulling stuff you know out of my rear for an example. I think that just shows that at least the three writers we've covered so far, it's a real gift to be able to pull a reader into a world, whether it's fast paced or slow paced. It's a it's tough because I think we've all yeah. read stories that were just like. I hate this book. <laughs> this is the worst book. <laughs> yeah. But I started it, so now I have to finish it. Yeah. At least that's that's what I do. I hate leaving a book or a movie unfinished, even if I think it's terrible. I just want to know how it ends. Yeah. For a movie, I will finish watching a crappy movie. I don't think I could a book. It depends how long the book is. I can't a really is. crappy book. It depends mm-hmm. how long yeah, the book is. Yeah. I'm trying to think what book that I read in my life that I absolutely hated. I have one. It's The Wandering Inn. I've talked about it before. It's absolute shit. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't finish it. Uh, There's a a book, The Name of the Wind, uh, by Patrick Rothfuss. Popular fantasy book. People rant and rave about it. Well, Uh it it depends. Some people do, some people don't. Uh I did not love it. I just thought it was was kind of boring, but maybe I didn't understand the world building enough or something. I don't know, but... Everyone say goodbye to Spencer. He'll never be on the show again. <laughs> Thanks, Spencer. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thanks, Good you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, that was actually one of the first books that Slava and I read to try to kick this podcast off a year and a half oh, ago. really? Was Name of the Wind, yeah. Um, Too funny. It is. It is funny. Did you see that Rothfuss actually is putting out another book right now that's not Doors of Stone? I did not. He's putting out a novella about Bast, the innkeeper's apprentice. Okay. Not that you care because you've already identified I that you did. hate it. It's a garbage book. <laughs> I didn't say it was garbage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just said I didn't. Ki- I don't. I uh, everyone like hyped it up so much to me, yeah. so I like I was super hyped going into it, and then I don't know if my expectations just got raised so high that I that they just fell short eventually, or the book did. But I don't yeah. know for some reason I just it didn't didn't really do anything for me. Well, it's because it's a different. It also has a very different writing style. It's taking place in present day where he's an innkeeper and he's washed up and it's taking mm-hmm. place in the past where you're learning about his journey of becoming a multi-layered legend across the known world, which is like two different things happening at two different times, which is curious because you're getting Quoth's story and then you're also getting the truth, sort of. Um, 
and you also know how the book ends. It's like when you go watch the Titanic, you know the si- you know the boat's going to sink. But you still watch it. Like he at some point Quoth's story ends with him owning an inn telling the story. Like you already have the ending. Mm-hmm. You know that Folly is hung above his his back bar and that he the the series is called the King Killer Chronicles. Well, I bet at some point he's gonna kill a king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert, you know, like something's gonna happen. But it's the journey before destination to to get there, right? It's it's actually interesting you bring up Name of the Wind because uh one of the places not places, one of the books that I want Slava to read and I, I would encourage you to read, too, because I think it gives context to the Name of the Wind magic system, is Ursula K. Le Guin's Earthsea series, because that is 80% of the influence of how magic works in Name of the Wind. Hmm. So, but her writing style is completely different. It's slow, it's methodical, and it's, well, some people that have read it call it boring, because it's so slow. Uh, but that's her writing style. So I think that it makes sense to me that if people hyped up Name of the Wind to you, it wouldn't strike the same impact because it's more of a story story, I guess I would say, rather than like a character-driven story, which is what I would call unsold, where it's a, it's like more focused around the plot, I think, in Name of the Wind. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think. There's these books I didn't hate, but there are John LeCare, if I'm pronouncing that right, John LeCare, he writes spy novels. And I read The Russia House, and I I find it just an amazing freaking book. It's your modern, you know, paperback, kind of mass market paperback. But he, he was more popular, I think, in the 70s and 80s. Or, or the 80s, early 90s. And The Russia House is a really well-written book. And then I watched a movie called Tinker Tailor Spy, which is based on his Smythe series. And I was like, oh, wow. I liked his Russia House book. Let me see what I think about this. And I read the first one, and I returned it. Like, I was like, <laughs> eh, just, just didn't care. I like, yeah. And I like, I just like, I, bought, I got an Audible. I think I got... I didn't even finish it. I halfway through, I was like, I don't care, because it was another <laughs> character who was a he wasn't a sniveler, but I just didn't like him. He didn't. He wasn't appealing as a character. The main, the protagonist, wasn't appealing as a character. And yeah, but I didn't hate it. Right? It was just like I'm bored to tears. So there was one book that I didn't finish at all. Speaking of wishes. Um, we're going to play a little game with Spencer to, to land this plane because I enjoy a good non sequitur. <laughs> really? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, so Spencer, I don't know if you listened to our episode on monkey's paw. I have not. That's all right. Uh, I know you're a busy man, but basically... Um, you you get a monkey's paw that was cursed by a fakir, and you get to make three wishes. So your first wish, you you describe what you want, and then Slava will break your wish, and then you, based on that present reality, you will make a second wish, which I will break, and then 
you will live in that present reality, and then the third wish you will also wish, and Slava will break that one, and then we'll uh, we'll see where you end up. This is our new episode finisher, maybe for guests. For guests, cool. Um, so so the just... only thing you can't wish for is unlimited wishes, but you can wish for powers. You can wish for influ anything that your your heart desires. Hmm. Um. Let's see. I unfortunately am not good at coming up with things on the spot. But you know what? Something that I've always thought would be really cool is I wish I had the power to fly. The power to fly. <laughs> now I got to think of how to break it. Yep. That's the that's the fun in this game. Yeah. It's also a good. Well, Slava's thinking. I'll I'll just prattle on. Uh, it's a really fun conversation opener. I was talking with. Who was I talking to the other day about, oh, it was this bonfire that we went to from some folks in our community invited me to a bonfire that I thought was going to be folks our age. Turned out it was not. They were the younger group. (laughs) And I decided to not hang out by the blazing bonfire because it was a (laughs) rager with a keg. And I was like, I'm too old for this. Um, So I went inside and and, uh, people were like, oh, yeah, people, you know, weddings and you just always have to answer, like, how are you doing? You have the same conversation 3,700 times. And I was like, why? <laughs> just tell them you don't want to talk about it. That's what I do. And they're like, okay, guy we don't know. <laughs> right, jag off. I was like, ask him a different question. What do you do? Look, you're an adult. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. You're an adult. And so I like, this is a question where it's like, okay, great. Give the person a scenario and see how they think. Give them a, you know, it's not mm. really a puzzle. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a story question where it's open-ended. You know, anything could happen. Someone could come down this stair right here and just go, I'm going to stab you. <laughs> that, <laughs> that escalated quickly. It was like you had any number of scenarios to talk about, but you could talk about someone stabbing you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish I I could text someone to just come down the stairs with a knife real quick and then I black the camera out and you guys are like I don't know if All he's right, actually well. dead or if he's just playing yeah. I'd be like, Well, I guess I'm next. I'm <laughs> That's down, right, you're so. in the basement. Well, Spence, land the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spence, go upstairs and hit stop in the recording. <laughs> All right, so ability to fly. Sorry, I was distracted for a little bit. I had to uh, check a text from from my wife. Ability to fly. Okay, you have the ability to fly, but you have very small, permanent bat wings that are hard to hide, <laughs> even under clothes, and they make it really <laughs> difficult for you to stop flying. You accelerate really quick, but crash landings are a thing. <laughs> I'd, I'd still now, you don't get killed or re- or like break any bones, but it, it, it <laughs> black and blue. <laughs> Injuries abound. Great. That's your first wish. All right, Spencer, <laughs> All right. next wish. Next wish. Um, hmm. Now that you can fly, what else do you <laughs> now wish? Now that I can fly. Sort of. <laughs> what else <laughs> do you wish for? While being maimed while I fly. Um, I don't know. I feel like I keep coming up with just like generic money or having things that feels so superficial. And that's um, okay. That's, yeah, that's fine. part of the fun too. It, it could be superficial. 
So the last guy wished for all the money in the world, and we, <laughs> we gave it to him. His world upside down. <laughs> we gave, gave it to him. We gave it to him. Okay, let's see. I wish. Uh, how do I say this? Um, I wish that I had the ability to live in the Cosmere universe. Oh boy. Or maybe the ability to insert myself into different universes. Maybe that would be a better... So you want a second power, basically. Okay, you get it. Wish granted. But every time that you transport yourself into another universe and world, or multiverse, you can never be the same person twice. You're not yourself. You're someone else who now has bat wings and can fly. (laughs) 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 And... um, So you are wreaking havoc through the space-time continuum and multiverses. <laughs> there's just this this weird through line in the series of fate where there's these people who suddenly are normal and then and then have bat wings and they start flapping around and maybe you're the reason that Dracula exists. Ah. I'm the reason for all of the uh yeah, the vampire stories. Okay. So you can you can you can world hop you're a world hopper. Ooh, there you go. That's a nice tie-in. Yeah, I like that. I like that title. World singer. What do you world, do world with hop. all your knowledge of going to all these different worlds and wreaking absolute chaos? <laughs> what do I do with well, all Well, in my some knowledge? worlds, you'll probably be worshipped as a demigod and other worlds hunted down like a, <laughs> like a bad just, boy. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, some of them definitely being hunted. <laughs> Better start reading up on your uh, mythology. Right. Don't want to go to medieval England. I'll probably get hunted down. He's a witch! (laughs) All right. Third wish. Third wish. All right. Damn. Tough question. (laughs) I feel like it shouldn't be. Tell us your darkest desires, Spencer. Darkest desires. Come to the dark side. We used to have cookies. (laughs) We used to. (laughs) All right. I told you Uh, earlier, I ate it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right the i guess i guess you know let's just stay on the same train of having like supernatural abilities i would want the ability to mind read but not so not have people's thoughts just constantly streaming into mine but like the ability to just at like whenever i want like pick out certain like what is this person thinking at this moment you're an interdimensional dracula that's what you are yeah yeah. <laughs> okay. So you you, you yeah. saved yourself from having a, a just a radio feed into your brain because I was going to break it. Like <laughs> yes, you constantly that's... hear. <laughs> yeah. Spencer's like I've seen this book before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mel Gibson did a movie about this in the nineties. Um, <laughs> no, he really did. Okay. So hmm, the limit is that you get to control, or not the limit, but part of the wish is you get to control when you read. Minds. Yep. Let me know if you need help. I got it. Why don't you take it? Because last time I took two wishes. This time you can take two wishes. Okay. All right. So you you have the ability to tap into whomever's mind you want to. However, there's feedback, and you also have to hear whatever they're hearing at the same time, not just their thoughts. 
Interesting. But if they're in the same room, that's a given. If you decide from 10 miles away to you know, tap my brain, you'll hear, I guess, what's going on inside my house. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're, Slava, you're at a, a rock concert and he's, Ooh. you know, you also have to be line of sight. So you can't just think about, you, this isn't an omniscience mm. power. You have to, mm-hmm. uh, there's an aura, a madra in the in the vitality of the earth that you, or whatever planet you're on. To understand what is being said. And the thing is, you don't get to pick what parts of their inner monologue you get because sometimes all you're getting is, I'm hungry. You don't get to pick, (laughs) you don't get to pick what part of the brain you're listening to. Okay. Yeah. But you do have the after effect of like hearing whatever's through their ears because your power just didn't develop fully. So (laughs) (laughs) another one could be is once you tap open somebody's brain, it doesn't stop. So you get to choose the oh. moment when you tap into it, but then it's a constant uh, loop. I thought about that, but it hmm. it would be a lot of energy to travel through space-time. Maybe that's what drives him to switch worlds. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I keep world hopping. <laughs> Too many thoughts. But it resets if you try and go back to the world you were just at. You just end up, similar to what we said before, you end up being a different person with bat wings. <laughs> bat and wings. then the person that you, whose body you basically possessed ends up being schizophrenic for the rest of their life. <laughs> it's like like Dark no, not uh, not Dark City. Oh, what's that movie? Dark City was good. 13th Floor. Oh, 13th Floor. Yeah. yeah. That was a good movie. Oh, man. We're about to read some horror stuff. Shout out to Universal Studios. Just kidding. <laughs> Our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's this uh, litigation letter we're getting? Right. (laughs) Oh, boy. California, huh? Interesting. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. uh, One last question for Spencer, and then we're going to land this plane. We're going to just, we're going to call it. Spencer, you read Lies of Locke Lamora. I want you to sell us (laughs) on this book. Sell it to us. That's a a hard ask, Jonathan, because I told you multiple times (laughs) that was... It was kind of a tough one for me to get through. I know. Uh, up until maybe three quarters into the book. Yeah, it's a, an interesting world. I feel like I don't know a ton about the world, even after reading book one. I don't know if you know if you can call it a heist story. Um, okay, so so the main character um, is a thief, and he's an orphan. As a kid, uh, he does some some things that get him in some pretty big trouble. He gets bailed out, and... This guy takes him in and teaches him. Father um, Chains. Father Chains teaches. Uh, he takes in orphans and makes them a part of this group that's called uh, the Gentleman Bastards and teaches them how to be thieves, basically, like professional thieves. And so you're you're jumping back and forth between like present time and then Locke's past as a child and him learning the skills that he is using in the current timeline to pull off these heists and these thieving jobs. He ends up meeting the Grey King, who is, how do I say it, maybe like another version of himself in, in some ways. I don't want to say anything without, without spoiling. Or are we, are we doing spoilers? Is that, is that a thing? No, we can do spoilers for the cell. The only thing we can't spoil is the Cosmere because Slava responds. Or reacts. That's the for the cosmic. But everything else, it's fair game. Okay. Is this something that I'm trying to sell Slava on, Jonathan? I'm gonna make him read it anyway. 
but um, <laughs> okay. I, I'm trying to wet his well, appetite. We're covering it for the yeah, we're covering for the podcast. I'm trying to oh okay, so, uh, wet his appetite. Okay, well then I guess I won't give away too much. So Locke is is running this heist, and all of a sudden he runs into this well, like a roadblock, and he's got to, and his his heist or his the gentleman bastards. I think he I don't know if he does he run the gentleman bastards now, Jonathan. I I honestly can't remember. Uh, yeah, um, it's, at some point he takes over for Father Chains. Okay. Um, I also just love the character Father Chains. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun. So much yeah. fun. But basically, he runs into a threat that could threaten uh, his gentleman bastard thievery organization or operation. There we go. That's what I was looking for. So, and he's got to figure out how to how to stop that. Powerful people don't like being taken advantage of. It's a fair yep. statement. Every time. Love it. Everyone should read. So, yeah, that was a big run around there, but no, it's good. where I wanted to get. The Lies of Locke Lamora. It's going to be, that one's going to be fun. It's most of the books that I'm picking have a slow front end, but once you get to meet the characters, they're they're all very unique. I feel like they all have unique characters and unique worlds, mm-hmm. which is what yeah. I think draws me to them. Yeah, and all the books I'm picking are just a uh, weird acid trips and horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, if you want to go on a slight acid trip, you should read *The City and the City* by China Mayville. He's an author of what he deems, claims, calls weird fiction, and now it's become like a thing. But from what I read, which is very little about him, it seems he's coined the the phrase, or maybe he accepted it as that's what he's writing. But a lot of it is you're not sure what's going on. Or if it's a straightforward Facts. story in the sense you're like, okay, this is character A, this is character B, this is what they're doing. It's set in a world which is kind of topsy-turvy, for, for lack of a better term. It's upended, it's unusual, and it's hard to wrap your brain around based on what the characters tell you about the world. So, and that's something that even mm-hmm. Jonathan said. He was like, oh, I started, uh, I started ch- the city in the city. I am confused. So I gave him yeah. three three points because we're going to be discussing it, and this is not just you know an exercise in confusing ourselves. So I wanted him to know three points about the book that will help him just get the the same way. Remember, we talked about the way of kings. Why I wanted to know little things that helped me get the immediate mm-hmm. context. I gave him those three things to help him understand the characters better. Yep. Anyway, we're re- that's me selling the city in the city. <laughs> we're reading that right now, and I'm still fully confused. But I'm only, <laughs> I don't know, four chapters in or something like that. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. Oh, yeah, my five, five is when you get a little bit unconfused. But then the, a weird stuff happens in seven and eight and in two, ten. Well, um, spoil it for me. Jeez. <laughs> you, you sound like me when I text Spencer. Oh, man, Spencer, book four <laughs> blank happens and then blank, blank, blank. And then, oh, man, and then. You're never gonna see this coming, but blank, blank. It's I literally <laughs> just sent him like an ad lib. Yep. <laughs> awesome. It's good. Anyway, Spence, it was great having you on. Really love having you on. Looking forward yeah. to the next one. Yeah. It could thanks be, again for for bringing me on. Yeah, it could be another uh, cradle book. It could be another book. Maybe we'll have you on for your favorite book, The Name of the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'll make sure to to call in sick that day. <laughs> no. 
but I'll bring you a real cookie that time. Yeah, not one that you were going to give me, but then just <laughs> ate because you couldn't help yourself. <laughs> okay, that's the episode. That's the episode. Nope, that's the episode. Goodbye, good people. See you later, everyone. Oh, you know, you can finish your stories, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I just love it. You're like, hey, I got you this cookie... Oh, thanks. But I, then I ate it because it was too good and I couldn't stop. Oh, <laughs> thanks, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> it's the thought that counts. All right. It was delicious. I got you a juice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the surprise. Juice. <laughs> supposed to be. You're welcome. <laughs> It this was a surprise to you and to me. Okay. At this point, Perfect. the listeners are confused why there's the outro music playing and we're still talking. <laughs> Goodbye, good people. <laughs>